Hi, this is the official podcast of the WCD. That's the World Congress of Dermatology, which will be held next in Singapore in 2023. I'm Dr. Etienne Wang from the National Skin Center of Singapore, and I will be your host for this podcast. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. In this podcast, I speak with dermatologists and skin researchers from all over the world to talk about all things dermatology. Registrations are currently open for the WCD, and early bird registration has been extended to the 24th of November, and abstract submission has been extended to the 7th of November. Today, we continue my coverage at the Third World Skin Summit in Peru, where I interview members of the ILDS board during this very important meeting. In this episode, I speak with board members after they give their talks on the first day of the meeting. Okay, so now here I'm at uh, day one of the conference and we just had the plenaries and I just heard a very two very interesting talks by Dr. Essa Freeman, who's a director of global health dermatology at um, Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. Hi, Essa, welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Can you tell me more about global health dermatology? It was very interesting what you told us just now. Can you just tell the, our audience about what, what it is? Absolutely. So global health dermatology as a field is how we come together and really support access to skin health for our most vulnerable populations around the globe, and particularly those in under-resourced settings. Um, and what we started a few years ago was the International Alliance for Global Health Dermatology, also known as GLOWDERM, which is a community that brings together trainees and global health dermatologists from around the globe to really share best practice and provide a place for people to really learn and mentor one another in global health dermatology. Yeah, so that was the other thing that, that your second talk was about this trainee program and this mentorship program. How, how is that going? Yeah, we're so excited. We've actually just launched our first mentee-mentor pairs. And the idea of the Glowderm Mentorship Program is really to change, train our next generation of what we call change makers. Change makers are dermatologists living and working in low or under-resourced settings who really have a vision of how to change access to skin health in their community. So we've just found our first group of seven mentees um, from around the world. So we have mentees from Mexico, from Brazil, from Ecuador, from Burundi, and also from Ethiopia and from Indonesia and the Congo, the DRC. And so together, these mentees are really starting programs in their own community, and we're supporting them with leadership opportunities and leadership training. Wow. So these mentees will, uh, of course, they'll be projected to be the leaders in the field of their dermatology in their countries. Absolutely, and each of them really has a specific project they're working on. So, for example, um, Jose Ayage, who comes from Ecuador, is looking to really create a dermatology residency training program in Ecuador, and so we're trying to give him the skills to do that. For example, Dorian Sukushimike, who hails from Burundi, who'll be going back to a place that only has four dermatologists for 11 million people, will really be increasing access to dermatologic care, and she's also creating outreach programs and care for albinism for people living with albinism in Burundi. So these are the kind of programs we're supporting. Wow. And if any of our listeners are young residents in resource-poor settings, how would they be able to reach out to get onto this program? Absolutely. So please visit our website, which is glowderm.org. And first of all, you can join the mailing list. There's a small blue button in the upper right-hand corner at glowderm.org to join our mailing list. We're free to join. We have over 800 members from over 50 different countries. And one-third of our members are actually medical students and residents. So we really, it's so important to us to have trainees. Um, and we are going to be launching our next call for applications. Um, we'll probably be coming out in January of 2023, and we'll be taking 10 new mentees in that call for application. So join our mailing list and keep your eye on the website. Oh, that's great. Do 
your members also have any access to, for example, discounted rates to conferences and stuff like that? Um, so not so much discounted rates to conferences because we are actually a free organization. Um, but what you do have access to is the Glowderm trainee webinar series. So what we have is every month um, we have a free webinar series that pairs really true global experts in certain disease areas that do free lectures. So for example, we had Chris Griffiths talking about psoriasis. We had Nkosa Delova talking about hair loss and alopecia. So we really have true experts in their fields that are giving these really wonderful international free lectures. The other thing that's great about being on our, our mailing list is that you have access to really everything that's happening up to date in terms of grants that are coming up that might be applicable to low resource settings um, and to conferences and particular sessions. And so it's really a clearinghouse for everything related to global health dermatology. We try to really keep people up to date. Okay, well, thank you so much. That was very enlightening and very, very inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. Really happy to chat with you. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much, Esther. Thank you. Thank you. And now I'm here with Dr. Hassan Galadari, who's the Secretary General of ILDS. Uh, welcome, Hassan, to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I just heard you talk about a lot about um, representation and engagement for the ILDS. How does ILDS promote that in a dermatology community? So the, my basic talk there was pretty much how uh, we have our member societies being involved with the ILDS and how we would encourage them uh, to, be a, to play a, an important role. And that's how we represent, because the ILDS is uh, an organization that encompasses member societies as its constituents. So uh, the, the, my major session aspect that I was talking about is how to become, you know, member of uh, you know for the, of the board, how to be a, how to be involved, and and also how to be members societies in one of the different membership categories, whether it's a regular membership or it's an affiliate or an observer membership there too. And when you talk about representation, do you, are you are you also talking about representation of, of less represented communities, minorities, and stuff like that? Is that what you? So that... when we talk about representation, we know we're talking about every different society, no matter where they're from, no matter what, you know what you know what who constitutes the societies, uh, and no matter what type of specialty, whether it's you know for example, we've got a number of societies now that are interested that are coming in that want to be affiliate societies that are. In pretty much underrepresented, not just the geographical location, but also different ethnic groups and also different orientation. So that's for us is very very important to kind of have those member societies as pretty much representative as part of the ILDS. And the map that you showed, there were quite a lot of countries that still don't seem to be part of the ILDS. Is there any reason why in your if, well, if, 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 if you were to make a guess <laughs> i think it's that the message has to come across and we are trying our best during the past i would say four years we've really shot up in terms of our number number of uh, member societies we've gone from 130 during the past three four years uh to nearly 190 that's about 60 new member societies so the trajectory is definitely up there so it's just a matter of us pretty much engaging all the different societies in different countries, encouraging them to be part of the ILDS for them to have a voice. Can, can you just remind us what benefits are there for these societies to be part of the ILDS? There, there, there are many, there are plenty. I will say the top three, I would say the first one is being uh, involved with the World Congress of Dermatology. So mm -hmm. if you are going to be a member of society, then you definitely have the ability to uh, avail for you know a discounted rate for the World Congress. For example, in Singapore next year. In Singapore next year, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to be one. The other one is going to be uh, the awards. So we definitely we put out awards, and these awards will include uh, a certificate of uh, you know, appreciation in addition to 
uh, the Young Dermatology uh, Award, so they definitely do have that. And then the most important thing for us, at least, is that especially for low-income uh, areas, we have a gr we have grants. You know, the ILDS represents uh, the IFD, for example, who sends out grants for certain projects that are that maybe very, very much important for those societies. And the final thing, one of the major activities that we have, end up holding is the World Skin Health Day, which is open for anybody who wants to hold it any time of the year. Okay, and that next year is going to be on the 8th of July? It is. It's going to be at the 8th of July. Coinciding with the WCD. With the WCD, absolutely. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay, well, thank you very much, Nassar. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. And now I'm here with um, Professor Stephen Schumach, who's an ILDS board member and a dermatologist in Sydney. Nice to be here today, yes. <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Um, you just gave a talk about um, uh, outreach programs and grant programs that ILDS does. Can you please elaborate a little bit more about that? One of the core aspects of the ILDS uh, is the uh, outreach programs to a number of uh, resource-poor areas, looking at education, um, advocacy for dermatologists and healthcare in general, and training of the uh, local community, either health officers or, or, or dermatologists, to deliver uh, healthcare, particularly dermatological care, to these groups. Okay, and I notice a theme in a lot of the things that we are focusing on, such as things like essential medicines, tropical medicine, um, refugee and migrant health. Yeah. Um, all these all these things are pro significant problems in the developing world. Can you give an example of some of the programs that ILDS has for these things? Well, one of the uh, biggest uh, areas is uh, uh, migrant health or refugee problems, mm -hmm. and there's been quite a marked increase in the number of refugees, both in uh, Asia, Southern Asia, and also in uh, um, Africa and, uh, and those countries. So it's the health of refugees as they uh, transition to other countries. And in fact, there was a, uh, a summit, uh, a meeting summit on uh, refugee health uh, care, which was held in Malta in April of this year, which talked about some of the specific issues associated with refugee and migrant health to try and deliver better outcomes for uh, healthcare outcomes for these people. And how, how does the ILDS help in that? Do, do we have missions or do we have grants? Can you give us an example of how, yep. how, how yep. we can help? Uh, the, well, the ILDS and the IFD uh, uh, particularly uh, develop uh, programs, so uh, arrange meetings where issues associated with migrant and uh, refugee health are discussed. They lobby uh, international groups such as uh, the WHO and other NGOs to try and develop a better outcomes and delivery of healthcare to these people. They um, uh, increase the uh, awareness of some of the issues associated with uh, uh, migrant health and uh, refugee problems. And uh, there, there are visits, so people actually go and visit some of these areas to uh, uh, identify the specific problems that are causing the biggest issue at that time mm. to try and uh, develop programs and processes to alleviate those problems. Mm. Uh, what would an example be one of, one of these problems? Uh, well, some of these uh, examples could be, for instance, in the uh, uh, refugees from the Middle East, uh -huh. uh, the Syrian refugees, uh, things such as uh, uh, infections uh, in, in those groups. Um, uh, either um, you know, uh, infestations or infections mm. with things like leishmaniasis. Mm. And scabies was one big sca thing that was talked about also and how ivermectin was made an essential drug by the WHO. That is, was that part of... Uh, it, exactly. Uh, yeah. Scabies was, uh, was actually highlighted by uh, uh, Claire Fuller uh, as one of the uh, mm. uh, big wins as far as dermatology was concerned over the last decade 
And it's been really a process that has taken about 10 years oh. to try and get scabies identified as a major uh, health uh, a concern. And part of this was to uh, uh, provide ag advocacy to the WHO and to also uh, engage other areas of medicine. So it's not just dermatology, uh, talking about the disease itself, but also, for instance, uh, cardiologists who are talking about the uh, cardiac side effects of the infections associated with scabies, and uh, renal physicians, nephrologists, uh, talking about the problems associated with glomerulonephritis and renal failure, which is secondary to the infections which occur uh, after scabies. So it was the advocacy associated with yeah. uh, uh, getting those three groups and others. There's a lot of coordination uh, with other specialties Absolutely. and other NGOs as well. Wow, yeah. well that's that, that's mind-boggling. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And the other interesting thing, as uh, Claire Fuller mentioned in her talk, was the uh, WHO is really a mammoth organisation. Yeah. And to have a foot in the door is quite exactly. an amazing feat by itself. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. to have official relations with the WHO is a really big win for the ILDS uh, in, in its ability to uh, negotiate and to uh, affect change, such as the development of uh, ivermectin as one of the essential uh, medicines that we have. And in fact, uh, some negotiations that are going on at the moment to try and get a, a biologic, you stick in the map, uh, as named as one of the essential medicines to try and uh, have that as there as uh, one of the agents that we can use for psoriasis right throughout the world. Okay, well, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for your time. I hope that was good. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> thank you. Okay, and now I'm here with uh, Dr. Venkat. Uh, Dr. Venkat was also a previous guest on my podcast, and we actually just had a workshop together on advocacy in dermatology. And one of the questions that we were discussing was, um, what is a dermatologist? I must admit, when I was sitting in a workshop, I thought this is quite a basic question. But after the discussion, it seems like this is actually quite a profound question and quite important um, in advancing the specialty. Why do you think this is such an important question? It has become very important these days because dermatology as a specialty has been growing very rapidly and with growth has come some disadvantages and one of that is that there is encroachment of dermatology by other specialities and more importantly non-doctors, mm -hmm. nurses, other practitioners, alternative medicine practitioners, anybody is trying to get dermatology. So if you have to do this, if you have to standardize education, you first need to define what's a dermatologist, what's the training needed, what he can do, and what others cannot do. So this question becomes important. And how is the how does the ILDS have a role in this? ILDS has a role by providing a standard definition of a dermatologist, and that's what we are trying to address in the workshop today. And the definition that we agreed was that any physician of modern medicine who has attained training of three to four years in a sanctioned, approved, accredited institution as per a minimally agreed syllabus. So who defines the syllabus? It's of course the job of the medical council of the country, but we also felt that ILDA should prepare a standard syllabus which can be followed upon around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and in the big, in the huge discussion just now, uh, Claire brought up a point that said we need to think about this, but we also can't, we have to balance it according to access to care for the, a large part of the world, which might not never get to a dermatologist. Exactly. So how do you think we can balance this? 
ஜிபிள்ஜி these ways we can tackle this problem and also clear definitions on what is basic care and what is specialized care generally there is mm-hmm. medical council defines what is studied in the undergraduate mm-hmm. education and what is studied in the postgraduate education this is already there what is happening now is because dermatology is perceived as a easy specialty then there are encroachment of the specialty by others mm-hmm. that is what is an important area that has to be tackled but at the same time the basic dermatology care has to be accessed by everybody so these two twin objective which may sound contrasting but has to be addressed together yes i totally agree and as we all know dermatology is not easy yes. <laughs> yeah. thank you so much doctor thank, you so, thank much. you thank you so much for this but, interview but the modern technology including artificial intelligence can help solve this absolutely. problem absolutely yeah remote dermatology providing care through a mobile telephony I think that is one of the ways that this will get solved. Yes, I agree. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so Thank much. You so much Dr. And now I'm here at the end of day one. I'm with the president of um, the LDS, Professor Lars French. Uh, welcome, Lars, to my podcast. Well, a pleasure to be with you tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why, why don't you give us a summary about what happened today at, yeah. the, at this, the World Skin Summit? Yeah, so we're at the World Skin Summit in Lima. It's the third World Skin Summit. And the aim here is to develop the future strategy of the International League of Dermatological Societies. It was a fantastic day. We have uh, over 120 members of societies, mm-hmm. the executives of the societies of dermatology worldwide. And uh, we had plenary presentations where we could showcase what the ILDS has been doing over the past four years, working with the WHO, for example, but a lot of other activities. And then we had breakout sessions, which were very constructive on different teams to try and understand where really there are problems around the world that should be solved and that we can only solve when we work together. And that's what the ILDS wants to do, understand the problems of our colleague dermatologists around the world and try and select some of them and then really work on them in the four years to come. And out of here, we really see what crystallizes our problems is access to education, There is really a wish to have better education. A second is to generate data so that we can act on policy. And you can only act on policy in our world today if you have good data. Mm-hmm. And the data cannot only be international, it has to be regional. And so there was a great push to try and build up registries, registries or atlases such as Global Psoriasis Atlas or other atlases that generate data and indicate where there are deficits in access to care so that we can lobby with politicians and get better funding for better care around the world. Those are some examples of key messages that have come out in the first day. We're going to work on them in the second day and see if there's extra messages. And then uh, the ILDS board will digest this all and uh, use it to develop its strategy and decide 
which of these ideas we can really act upon over the years to come. Mm, okay, and um, we also heard from the two candidates for the next WCD. Yeah. Yeah, that was very exciting. Yeah, so we're really excited first, short term, to come to Singapore. Yes, Wonderful of course, Singapore, Singapore first, yeah. For the 2023 World Congress, the scientific program looks fantastic. The city is really one of the most beautiful cities yes, yes. in the world. And uh, yeah, the bidding has started uh, for the next uh, WCD 2027, and there are two cities who have bidded and wonderful bids from both Guadalajara uh, in Mexico and from Munich in Germany. The Munich bid is a bid being made by the Swiss Society of Dermatology, Austrian Society and German Society. So it's a bid made by three countries and I'm very curious to see how it goes. If there's other applications that will come because the applications are open for a while still or if it's just those two and to see who will win at the time of the elections in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited too. And of course, uh, right now we're at a dinner and I think people can hear in the background some very exciting um, uh, entertainment going yeah. on. Yeah, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, it's a wonderful ambiance. We have a dinner, which is uh, a dinner where people are really enjoying discussing together. And we have here um, uh, music, uh, South American music from several countries being played. And you can see that everyone is so motivated and so happy because in the middle of the dinner, people are getting up to dance yeah, to the yeah, South American music. Dancing. What yeah, better yeah. can you expect? And waving their towels in the air. Waving yeah. their towels, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank, yeah. thank you, Lars. That was yeah. very enlightening. Thanks and, so much. And thank you for a very successful conference. Yeah, thanks okay. so much. And now I'm here with Professor Roy Chan, who's the president of the WCD 2023 in Singapore. Tell me, Prof Chan, what, what you presented here at the World Skin Summit. Hi, uh, thanks for asking. Um, I only had a few minutes to present um, an update of the uh, WC preparations for next year. And uh, so I, I spoke about the uh, scientific program, um, the, some of the details of the scientific program, basically the, the, the types of tracks we're going to have, the symposia, the expert forums, the controversy se sessions, plenaries, um, and uh, free papers, and uh, so on. And also, I think people are interested in the social, social program. The fact that Singapore is really waiting and uh, it's going to be very beautiful. It's going to, like our social program is going to match the scientific program. <clears throat> because I think that um, very often the people who, who come to a conference, the things that they recall after the event is the social program. So we need to make that really um, memorable, really special and uh, very Singaporean. So that's, that's the, uh, the plan. Okay. You were a bit uh, apprehensive about the registrations. How's that coming along for the well, the registrations? I guess as being the organizers, we are a bit more apprehensive. But people I've met here in um, Lima have been so positive uh, about the fact that they're all going to be here. They're going to be in Singapore. They're all going to, uh, and they know that you know whoever they they work with, are going, they're going to have to ration their leaves to come to Singapore. So I think that they're in good hands. The Indians and, and have been very positive. Particularly India they're quite confident that they'll be sending a significant contingent. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yes, particularly the Indians, which are going to be in the, in the thousands, really. Okay, and abstract submission has been extended also? I think both the abstract submission as well as the scholarship applications have been extended. Um, one thing which is which we've introduced uh, today as well, I spoke about, was we've dropped the registration fees for lower income and lower middle income countries. Yeah, that's very, that's that's very encouraging. Really, yeah, and I think that, that 
covers um, not just the countries of Africa and, and South America, but also several Southeast Asian countries. So they're very happy about that. Okay, so, so, so they should all be rushing to register. And of course, submit your abstracts at WCD2023Singapore.org. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much, Prof. <laughs> thank you, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of the official podcast of the WCD. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram at WCD Singapore, and check out the WCD website, wcd2023singapore.org for more updates and content on the WCD. At that website, you can find links to register for the WCD and submit your abstracts for next year's WCD. And until next time, stay safe and use sunblock.